I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The pitchforks and torches came out as Syracuse scored an all-time record low 44 points in the Dome in front of a season-high 27,803 fans. But then, the Orange pulled off a nice Quadrant 1 win outlasting Louisville on the road just two days later. All of that, and we turn to Joe for his next game preview as Wake Forest comes to the Dome Sunday, February 11th at 1 o'clock. Let's go. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 56 of the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. If you could please subscribe to whatever platform you listen on, that would really help us out and we'll be in your library as soon as an episode is published. We pride ourselves on giving you the most up-to-date, most efficient, well-orchestrated Syracuse sports podcast that we can. And... Um, the, the, the gap between the Virginia game and the Louisville game with the Super Bowl right in the middle, uh, that just that didn't work out. So we're going to hit up Virginia real quick. Attendance at the Dome for uh, the Virginia game, uh, 27,803. That is a, uh, that's a season high in Division I for attendance. Um, a couple bullet points on the box score. Um, Syracuse shot 33%. Our two main guys, Howard and Battle, combined for a total of 29%. Chukwu and Moyer never even bothered to shoot the ball. Uh, 44 points equaled out to about 1.1 point, uh, 1 .1 point per minute. And uh, uh -huh. Battle led all scores with 15. The good, uh, only seven turnovers. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't really capitalize on, 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 on anything. So... Um, that is that's pretty much it for the bullet points. The 44 points uh, are the fewest Orange scored since 69-39 loss at Georgetown on March 9th. That game has been mentioned a couple times on this program. Virginia leads all-time series with Syracuse at six to five, um, and then we mentioned the crowd, largest on-campus crowd of the season for Division One. Uh, Syracuse uh, floundered a little bit. Uh, the fans are really frustrated, but you're playing. A Cavaliers defense that ranks um, 
pretty much they're pretty much number one. They rank first nationally in scoring defense, 52.7 points per game, third in field goal percentage at 37.6, and fifth in three-point field goal percentage defense at 29.7. So yeah. uh, just just they knew exactly what to do. They're a well-coached team. They're definitely a Final Four team. You know, th- it was a disappointing game to watch in front of that many fans. And um, I felt really bad for the fans and uh, that, that showed up. Even though it was a Saturday, it was just unfortunate. But it is what it is. We move on. Joe, give me your first and final thoughts for the UVA game. Just ugly. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah. we talked about it. We know, do we know the inefficiencies that we have on offense and to shoot those percentages? And, I mean... It wasn't even like I mean the rebounding they got, they had us in the boards but I mean they just they're just a good team they're the number two team so um, yeah, all that is really is just an opportunity good to get a good win win or lose whether you're home or away you just I'm wanted sorry. to see whether it closer. you're home or away if you lose it's not a bad game all it is is it's I mean it's an opportunity and we went up our strength of schedule jumped like ten spots after that and it's only going to help that in our RPI so all it is is an opportunity to get a good win. But it's not a bad loss, exactly. no matter where you play. So right, our RPI went up uh, one point after that game. Uh, it didn't hurt us all that much. All right, um, let's put that one behind us. I think I think the pitchforks and, and torches came out way too early. If that was if that was say, you know, Wake Forest, you no. know, coming in like they're going to on Sunday, we would have a different. We'd have something yeah. different to say about it. But it's UVA. They're a Final Four team unless they get losing losing to a team that's twenty one and one, I, number two in the nation. Yeah, with an RPI much, of one. Right, like that's not that's not going to kill your season. That's not going to yeah. be the reason why you don't make the tournament. So no, not at all. Uh, Syracuse headed to uh, Louisville two days after attendance there sixteen thousand nine hundred and eighty three. Pretty good. Uh, for the, the Yum Yum Center. For the KFC Yum Center, a horrible name for a venue, in my opinion. A really, <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, peel the skin off the chicken and it's nothing but bone, poor things. Um, <clears throat> Louisville and Syracuse, they both shot really close. Syracuse shot 47% from the field, 46 from um, three-point land, 75.8 from uh, the free-throw line. And O'Shea Percet had a great game. He went four for nine, three for five from behind the arc, and he made five out of seven free throws of 16 points. Howard and Battle combined for 47 points, and Howard with only one turnover, just excellent, scoring 78 points on the road and only turning the ball over as a team eight times. Um, holding holding Louisville to, who was a pretty good three-point shooting team, to 23.8% from behind the arc. And they also shot about 46% from the field. So uh, really good, some, some quick facts on that game. It marked... Just the fourth time this season, the Orange had uh, shot better than 50%. They never trailed in the final 28-58 of that game. And Monday night was just the second time in the past eight games with more than 28 points in the first half for Syracuse. They got 39 in the first half. It was awesome. Um, it was, yeah. it was, it was, well, I mean, we should have probably went into the locker room up by 11 maybe, but there was some unfortunate events with foul trouble, and we'll get into that. Um for two teams that are ranked 
pretty high, I guess. Uh, Syracuse didn't collect one block. Louisville just had one. They rank six, second and sixth nationally. So uh, not oh, wow. a lot of block shots going on. Louisville owns the advantage in the series, 18 to nine. A lot mm-hmm. of ground to make up there. And then everybody saw Greg Paulus. You know, he's a Syracusean or was. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe, grading the orange. I'm going to give it to you first. We're going to grade the orange and do the player of the game for this one. Tyus Battle and Howard had great games, combined for 47 points. I mentioned that, 14 for 30 overall. And just in the, what, the, last two, the last two games, the last two losses that we had, they were 16 for 68 with a combined 26%. So yeah. huge turnaround coming, going into the, the KFC Yum Center, Joe. Yeah, we well, we um... – we went from playing our worst offensive game to our best offensive game. So it was just, uh, this is exactly what we needed. And I, I, I'm giving them, I'm going to give them an A, not an A plus, but overall, again, best offensive game that we've had. And I think if they would have stayed a little bit out of foul trouble and been able to keep a lead a little bit better, I think that they kind of dominated that game. And the fact that it got close near the end was kind of scary. So that's why I give them the A. But, um, Again, going on the road, getting the quadrant one win. It's exactly what we needed after that uh, that awful, awful performance against Virginia. So with my player of the game, I'd probably have to go uh, Frank Howard, actually, would probably be my player of the game. They're, his stats were pretty similar to Tyus Battles. Um, they had the same field goal percentage, uh, but Tyus Battle went 0 for 2 from the three-point line. Frank Howard went 3 for 5, and again, like you said, uh, he had one turnover and, um, he had five rebounds to Tyus battles four. So it was close. I mean, it was both of them. Um, they neither, nobody on their team could guard him, especially when that Ryan McMahon kid came in. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would probably grade him. It's an A and, uh, player of the game, Frank Howard. All right. Well, um, you know, we mentioned how, how close the game was. Syracuse shooting 47, 23, or 25 out of 53 to Louisville's 46. Um, the game was, you know, when we were up by 10 and we got into foul trouble and it became, it became kind of an issue when they started driving the lane. I don't know why they abandoned that strategy. I thought, no, me neither. You and I texted. I, I, thought, it was, I thought they were just going to pick us off one by one. Um, and, yep. and, and knock us out. The stats on the box score were so comparable, and you know, just they 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 both played a really good game. Um, I give them I give them an A minus, only only because of, I mean, only because I don't want to be too generous, really. But <laughs> the, you know, some of the fouls were iffy. I'll, I'll say that you know, but um, O'Shea Percet. I would have to say, uh, coming into this game, he was the, the one of the biggest disappointments in the past few games. So I'm going to go ahead and give him uh, my player of the game, scoring 16 points, seven defensive rebounds. He went five for seven from the free throw line, and every one of those helped. What was what was it? 22 for 29 from the free throw line, um, mm-hmm. and also Syracuse outscored Louisville off of turnovers, 20 to nine, 16 to 0 in the first half. Mm-hmm. So that was huge, and you know, holding them, holding them to five of twenty-one from behind the arc was huge. The the issues in the first half for me, or Dolzai and Matt Moyer each picking up three fouls in the first half. I think Matt Moyer picked up three of them in thirteen minutes. Um, yeah, you know, so 
is good. It is a great road win. As of right now, Louisville's RPI is still 42 after the loss. Ours is 43. We yep. are currently a quad one away game for a team, and we are a quad two home game for a team in Louisville. Obviously, they're in the they're in the same they're in the same situation. So I guess. Let me ask you something, Joe. If you look at the RPI. Look where we stand. They have one. More, they have one more game than us on uh, in conference play. Six and five, or five and six, right? Yep. Is Louisville a tournament team? Is there any doubt? Uh, I think right now they are. Before last night, they were. The records are starting to look more and more similar. But uh, I really haven't scoured their their schedule too much. I know they lost to Boston College earlier in the year. Um, as far as in conference, um, but other than that, I don't really think they have a bad loss. So it looks like they're probably in a better position than we are right now. Um, but they, if they keep playing the way they did last night, I don't know because they they look like they had, they played with a little bit of lack of effort last night. So definitely definitely a a good team. But um, yeah, right it, now they're in a better position than us. But I'd say that it's we're we're very comparable two comparable teams. Yeah, I would I would have to agree, and the reason I ask is to just try to ease everybody's minds a little bit because we're so close on the quadrant scale and in conference play. I know they have a couple bigger wins than us, but um, they have some. They have some. Uh, they beat a couple ranked teams, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, so they do have that going for them over us. But you know, we've got a lot of opportunities going forward to take some of this momentum. And and do the same thing, and we're just gonna have to see. I don't, I I understand everybody pounding on the team and the coaches. I get it. I really do, cause I get pissed too. But when you when you have a game like they had against UVA, which UVA is an awesome team, and then you have a game like you do against Louisville, it's like everybody's forgotten about it. It's like it's like amnesia. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you yeah. didn't hear a peep out of the haters. Uh, and we'll get into some of that on the fan feedback, but you didn't hear peep about it. So that's my final thought on on post-Louisville. Joe, what's yours? Really, like you said, as far as tournament goes, um, if we're comparing the two teams, just looking at the real-time RPI uh, app, they're 42 RPI um, with 20. Their, their strength schedule is at 20, and we're 43 RPI. Strength schedule is at 24, and they have one game on us in the um, ACC conference. Like you said, I don't think they have – as bad of losses, um, and I know that some of their losses I looked at, they, they lost to Memphis, uh, Seton Hall, Purdue, and I think Kentucky in non-conference. So they did struggle early in non-conference, but those are good teams. Yeah, so, absolutely. again, um, we're very comparable, and this win just it, – it, it, it should erase any doubts. Um, <laughs> we're 16-8, and eight, and we have a, a very winnable game coming up. Um, we'll get to 17-8 and eight with six games left. Um, again, we're playing against good teams, mostly tournament teams, except for the game at Boston College, and that's not going to be easy either. But it's 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 still looking okay. So, you know, come off come off the ledge after that Virginia game. So. Yeah, I know. I understand. Like I said, I understand it. But come on, let's be get, get, think realistic a little bit. All right, Louisville in the mirror. We have a uh, we have a good span to enjoy. We got what five five days to enjoy that win. So might as well soak it up. That's it, Louisville. That's all we have to say about that. All right, some fan feedback. I'm going to mix these up a little bit, Joe. Um, we, I'm going to do a little bit after UVA, and then and, and then we will we'll do um, we'll do after Louisville. Okay. Uh, Brian with a Y posts. 
playground basketball. Jim Beheim has no offensive game plan. <laughs> well, we know his game plan. It's it's to create. They got to go out there and they got to create their own space. And 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 they just they have just a hard time shooting. Joe, yeah. we, I, we talked earlier today about how they weren't having. They didn't in this past game against Louisville. They didn't have Chuku set the high ball screen. Instead, they were having the forwards alternate, kind of doing it, and it seemed to work better, and that's what created the lanes. So, um, that's kind of an offensive game plan, right? Yeah. So, well, he changed. He changed it once our guards were uh, Frank Howard in battle. They were just blown by their guys. So when we started setting the high roll pick, the other guys started. They started double teaming them and left the other guy open. And Chuku, he wasn't looking to do anything, and he can't really dribble. So what they did when they knew they were going to the double team was they had Moyer or um, Adolje come up and those guys were uh, picking and then rolling. And you saw a couple of times, I mean, Moyer wasn't so successful, but uh, Adolje a couple of times he got it. He had a, a mid range jumper when he was wide open. He uh, a couple of times he drove and had made some passes for some layups. So that's, they were creating off of that and taking advantage of that. But I mean, our game plan is mostly just giving the ball to battle and, Howard and Brissett and letting them create. So, yeah, but they did make adjustments to they, they to did. help their offense. But it, it, I wouldn't say they run set plays or have a game plan. That was just an in-game kind of uh, adjustment. Um, Frank says, no offense, no bench, and fans sitting on their hands with six minutes left. This is during the Virginia game. I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Good point, Frank. Wait, what are we playing? State the obvious? One point, Frank. Um, yeah, well, one point per minute is going to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Jeff, after the UVA game, post, they might not win again this season. Well, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> well, Jeff, that's really negative, okay? And I, yeah. don't, I don't like that attitude at all, Jeff. Um, well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> if anybody is going up on a ledge and take in and making a comment like that, or even realistically thinking about that after losing to the number two team, then you give a, an expectation and, and realistic, uh, expectation problem. So yeah. Well, okay. Come yeah. on down from the, the ledge, Jeff. Yeah. Calm down. Relax, guess what? They, Jeff. Won, they won another game. That must've been right after the game, man. You need to take a couple deep breaths before you start posting. Dave, yeah. worst team I have seen in some time, not even NIT worthy. Uh, <laughs> again, Come on, come on! So the that's an emotional post. That's an Next. emotional post. Uh, <laughs> there's a plenty of them. Okay, that was UVA. Here's after. Oh God. Here's after Louisville. Great win, boys. Shut up, all the hate and cues fans who doubted you. Well, apparently no, not that, Ben. That was Jeff. That, that was Ben. That was Ben <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was Ben after the Louisville win. Uh, yeah, Ben. Good point. I did, I could find hardly any haters after that game. Uh, there is no uh, Jake post. There is no rhyme or reason to this team. Jake, nope. I'm mm-hmm. as miffed as you, buddy. I get yeah. it. Good point. It's like just hopping on a roller coaster. You've never been on blindfolded, and that's what this is. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Steven, build on this win and get to the dance. It's one step closer, Joe. Um, what, what do you say we got to do going forward? Looking at the schedule, what, can, what will solidify it? Well, not the easiest road saying, oh, beat Duke, beat UNC. But what, what is kind of the average road, the realistic road they could take from here? Uh, just win. Just win. <laughs> They're okay. not playing against teams that they can't beat. 
uh, there's obviously going to be some more talented teams than that, but we don't know how a Miami team or a Clemson team or some of these teams are going to react to the zone that we have. And this zone is something that is better than the zone that we've had the past three years. So most yeah. of the players that we're going to be playing against hasn't played against this zone. So I, I re- really, you don't really know. Honestly, you don't. But uh, the only thing you can do is win. And I mean, it starts on Sunday and that's really the, that's going to be the, the, that's like the game as far as if there's a game on the schedule that's a must win, this next one is it. Oh, absolutely. But that's not obviously going to be enough to get us in the tournament. But uh, let's let's get this one on Sunday, get to 17 and 8, and uh, get back to 500 again in the uh, ACC, and then maybe we'll talk. Exactly. So. Anthony says, great energy. The team earned this victory. Good resume builder for March Madness. Anthony, great point. Uh, yep. I, I would agree. Um, let's see. Gary says, I was nervous that before the half – was going to cost us. We talked a little bit about that. Great win mm-hmm. in the end, Gary. Good point. Absolutely. Cecil. Right there with th- you, Gary. Th- this one wins the day. This one wins the day from Cecil. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. I mean, what, what else can you say? What else can Not you say? Uh, let's see. Gene. Offense looked much better tonight. Jeez, Gene. <laughs> Gene, <laughs> Gene, Gene has the profile picture of uh, a Michigan football player. So, okay. I don't, thank you, Gene. I guess. Um, yeah. Mike, great three-point shooting tonight. Hard-fought road win, boosting the chance for the big dance. Yeah, they. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned they shot forty-six percent from behind the arc. It's awesome. The offense was clicking. They were creating opportunities for themselves, and it's great. All right. All right, Joe, Sunday at 1 o'clock, Wake Forest comes in, currently have an RPI of 118. They are, this would be a quad three home game, as you we were just saying. It's a must win, not because it boosts the resume, but because it will hurt the resume, Joe. Yes. So what do we have to look forward to, buddy? Yes, it will definitely hurt the resume more than any other game on the schedule. Well, we have to look forward to just basically revenge. There's no reason why... They wouldn't have it on their minds. Uh, after playing the offense that they did against Virginia and, and <clears throat> leaving home, that big crowd, they uh, they must have been down. I'm sure that Jim Beheim had some words for him. And, you know, at the end of the day, they know that they're getting close to the end of the season. And what Beheim said in his post-conference, you know, the last eight games, this is going to define the rest of the season. We're there. We have the opportunity. And um, they went and they seized they seized the game and they seized the resume builder on on Monday after you know not really being able to take advantage of the Virginia game and, and coming out and playing bad against number two. But um, yeah, if we turn around and we lose this game on Sunday, it's just gonna everybody's gonna much be erase. on the ledge again. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna erase what we just did. Exactly. Yeah, so we have to stay the course. We have to win this game. Um, I felt we. Kind of let one slip away the first time against Wake Forest. Uh, Bryant Crawford went off for 19 points, and um, they shot uh, 47% from the three-point line. Um, they out-rebounded us 38-29, to 12-6 to on the offensive board. Um, so <laughs> we can't let that happen again. I remember we played with it's not a lot of energy and not a lot of heart that day. Um, it felt like our guys – walked in thinking that they were going to take it from them. Um, Wake Forest is nine and 14 overall. They only have, I think they're two and nine in the ACC. They just beat, um, they actually, they beat Florida state at home January 31st, but 
the, uh, that game and them beating us is the only two wins that they have. Um, and again, like you said, their RPI is in the 118s. It's a home game. Um, hopefully after this win, you know, we'll have a comparable crowd to Virginia and um, get to 17 and 8. Uh, you know, they still got, like, again, I, I, I said Brian Crawford, uh, Wilbekin, who hit some some deep threes the first time. Um, we just got to take that stuff away, and we got to keep them off the boards because you couldn't – they had way too many boards. Um, they beat us in the big stats, and we shot really, really bad. I remember Ty's battle had a really bad day. So um, just win. That's all we need to do. In the words of uh, Al Davis, just win, baby. Yeah, just win, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's all we. That's all we need to do right now. Is you know we can speculate. We win on Sunday and then go three and three in our last six games, and we'll be in the tournament. Yeah. But we need to win on Sunday. Now, if we lose on Sunday, then our road to the tournament changes dramatically. Yes, and um, like we said, it's the the win doesn't do anything but keep us out of. You know, keep us our head above water, basically. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, I am. I was looking to uh, do something on QSNation.com, our our QSNation pod, QSNationShow dot com. Sorry, um, for trying to get the 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 latest RPI just for Syracuse and kind of where we are in our quadrant wins and losses. As yeah. I started doing it, it's kind of difficult, but I think I can find a way to. I think I can find a way to make it a little easier. So it, once I get that out, I'll post that to Facebook. Um, while we got the time, Joe, uh, let's let's talk about the Super Bowl just for a couple minutes. The Patriots, the Patriots have not beaten an NFC East, East. team in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. They're over three. Because of my G-men. <laughs> yeah, the G-men beat them twice, and now the Eagles. Congratulations if you're an Eagles fan. Um, yes, just finally great. got one. Yeah, you know, I really didn't care until I cared. I didn't really care about the game until it was like until they stripped Zach Brady, and I'm like, oh yes, I'm, yeah, I'm, well, I'm I am ready to see the Eagles win their first. A great group of I guys. Have, yeah, sometimes I have a team that I that I um want to see win stuff like that but most of the time if the giants aren't in it because i don't have beef with with new england as a giants fan why would you i mean we've for two and oh in the super bowl against them um and up until this game it was the only we're the only team that beat them in the super bowl so i have no ill will towards new england whatsoever and i do respect their uh their program and if you got a chance to watch that 30 for 30 uh the two okay. bills with bill belichick and bill parcells yeah it was a good pretty Oh yeah, pretty interesting. And um, you know, Bill Belichick has ties with Bill Parcells all the way back to the the giant teams in the eighties that uh eighties and uh you know, early nineties that won two Super Bowls. So um he's got a little bit of Giants uh blue bloodline. One of those blue was bloodline. a Bills win in there. One of those was a Bills win in there. Two Yeah, no, just one. Early nineties, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the early nineties, yeah, and we beat uh John Elway in Denver yeah. in, uh, I think it was eighty six, eighty seven season, but um, yeah, so it was very interesting, but, um, I didn't really care when my team's not in it. I, I kind of just, I want a good game. And the one thing that new England proves is if they're in the super bowl, it's going to be a good game because when you look at them, how many games with new England has it come down to a, the last second field goal last year? It went into overtime with a huge comeback this year. They came back and made it a good game. So, um, I just want to see a good game man. I, and I it was, was, and it was, I was trying to think of um, the 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 game against the Eagles the first time in the Super Bowl was against New England with Donovan McNabb. Yeah, and Terrell Owens. Yep. Yeah, that that was close too. 
That was a close game, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so. so they're they're one and one. Oh, so I'm wrong then. My bad. So they are one in one and three. They're not 0 oh and three. They're one and three in the NFCs. Yeah, that's yeah. true. My bad. I don't know why I said that. I forgot about that yeah. game. Um all right. Well, yeah, it was a good game. And the Gi- and the Giants had the best uh commercial. So Yeah, that was pretty good. I like Odell it. and Eli. Amy was my wife dancing. was cringing a little bit. She's like, Why are they doing that? I'm like, They're making fun of the end zone dances. Yeah. And she doesn't understand any of that. It's like whatever. No, it's funny. <laughs> Nobody puts Odell in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh there was a couple good commercials. I thought the um I thought the AI commercial was funny because that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I I'm saying? The, uh, <laughs> they just predicted the, uh, the future with that one. Yeah, the uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew commercials with um, the dude <laughs> like, from, uh, uh, Game of Thrones and uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, Pete, yeah, Morgan Freeman miss, singing yeah. Missy Elliott and uh, Peter Dinklage singing Buster Rhymes. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was overall pretty good. But um, another thing I wanted to throw out there that I just saw today, because I don't know if you saw it, but you know National Signing Day is tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, so I um, right up on it. I don't think, yeah. Yeah, there's a little write-up in Syracuse.com that will give you all the information you need to know. It looks like we're about to stack up on some running backs, um, which is good, athletes. So, But um, also, I saw today that zero of Syracuse's players got an invite to the Combine. Wow, and that just really? bog- it boggled my mind. Why the uh, our receivers? How is Steve Ishmael not getting? A, uh, it makes I no mean, sense he led the nation in like catches <laughs> and yards. Ah, it that's... was like a t- a two team All American. I mean, I can understand Zaire Franklin because of his height and uh, his speed coverage ability. And Paris ba- Paris Bennett, he's got a little bit of height and coverage ability, but he doesn't have the strength and and uh, the weight uh, the weight. And um, Irv Phillips. He's a little small, um, so I can see those guys because Herb Phillips isn't a natural receiver. He'll end up getting picked up, undrafted to New England or something, and be something. But yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but Steve Ishmael, I mean, looks like a pretty legit receiver to me. I mean, yeah, all throughout absolutely. the season, he was playing against some of the great, the better corners, and he was beating them, and he got nothing but respect from other coaches. And you know, I, that just bo- that boggles my mind. That's crazy. I did not see yeah. that. All right. Well, hey. Uh, Next episode, maybe we'll throw that at the end uh, after Sunday's game. We'll um, we'll include some of that stuff for for uh, for signing day for football. So, all yeah. right, hey, thanks for tuning in, to episode fifty six. That's all we got for you today. Remember, go to facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation podcast. Wake Forest tonight at Miami. Wake Forest tonight at Miami, so that oh, RPI sorry, could change. Oh, it's tomorrow? Okay. Yep. That RPI could change. It's 118 right now. Just keep your eye on that. But that's it. That's all we got. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. You just heard the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.